We're very thankful that this lady is speaking to us, Cara Chamberlain. She was 15 years of age when she was abducted, uh, later found out um, that he was a serial killer. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously uh, survived. If you've got any questions for her, 13, 10, 60, do you mind if I ask? Okay, you're on the air with Cara. What's your question? Hi. Um, so do you mind if I ask, um, do you walk around with, like, constant paranoia, like living just your day-to-day life? I actually do not, generally. I think that we can do everything in our power to try to prevent ourselves from being chosen as a victim. But I think that ultimately, sometimes just bad things happen. So I just try to be aware of my surroundings and be present in the moment and try to just live each day to the best of my ability, really. You have um, children, though, Cara. How do you do? Is that is that do you worry about them? Um, I do, but it's kind of the same thing Mm. where I'm sure my parents worried about me. But at some point, you know bad things happen. We can do everything. I'm, I'm not foolish or care, you know, too, too careless or anything like that about my children's well-being and safety. And I think that I'm probably a little more cognizant of their safety than I would have been mm. uh, had this not happened. But, but yeah, I think just sometimes bad things happen. Yeah. Cara, you went off um, after that to the police academy and helped um, investigate sexual assault and child abuse cases. Is that something that you felt like helped your healing as well to be able to help other people that had gone through it? I think that it has been a process and I think that a lot of what I'm doing now, which is I'm really, I wasn't able to help people when I was in law enforcement as much because of the caseload and you can't really get personally involved. Mm. And I found that really through social media and speaking to real people and helping kind of guide them through these processes uh, helps me a little bit more in my healing in ways that I did, didn't really realize I needed to heal, but to share with others has helped me a lot. All right. Chantel from Fernie Grove, you're on with Cara. What is your question? Oh, hi, Cara. Do you mind if I ask, um, did you think at all when you were in captivity of leaving, say, for example, DNA behind, like a bit of hair or fingernail or anything like that? I did not think about that while I was there. My my mind was pretty occupied in general with the thought of escaping. And whenever you are assaulted, generally your body becomes the crime scene. And so I was carrying any and all DNA I needed, which my captor was, was not really... Yeah, he was going to kill me, so he wasn't necessarily cautious about. Yeah, because um, you see that my, in the movies, don't you, Chantel? You, you know, yeah. you, like if yes. I, I watch a lot right. of Law and Order as well, and they always <laughs> so check under I. under the fingernails. Mm. So, but I guess oh, you, yeah. your mindset's You're not, not there, is it, Cara? You're just in survival mode, hey? Yes, absolutely. I sort of had a mantra going through my head where it was, you know, get him complacent, go along with the things that he wants you know, just be agreeable. And then at some point he'll let his guard down enough for me to be able to escape. And then when I do that, I need to have information to identify him. So I was constantly thinking about evidence to identify him because I I did not know his name. He never told me his name. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to gather information from his apartment about who he was, where he went to the dentist, uh, you know, a woman that lived in the apartment with him, things like that. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Sina, you're on with Kara. She was um, kidnapped and escaped a serial killer. 
what would you like to ask? Hi, Cara. Um, do you mind if I ask if your abductor ever told you why he chose you? He did not tell me why he chose me, but I have figured out over the years through learning more about this person that he was the kind of person who would stalk his victims. Mm -hmm. And I was at a friend's house, so I was out of my normal place and space and time. So I was basically his victim of opportunity. I found out since that he did try to approach some other girls earlier in the day. There was another girl that lived in the neighborhood that told me many, many years later that she was normally outside during that time of day. And so maybe he was stalking my friend, maybe he was stalking this other girl, but I happened to be outside at the time. So I was his victim of opportunity. Did you ever have it like normal conversations as normal as it could be? Was there, did he talk to you about general chit chat? Yeah, absolutely. There was one time in particular when we were sitting on the couch and he was asking me, you know, questions, just general conversational questions. Uh, about my life, and I was asking him the same, and so I found out things about him, like that he was in the Navy, and just various things about him um, within within a certain context and construct, of course. But mm. you know, he definitely was not afraid to give me information, which helps reinforce the fact that I would not have been yeah. Yeah. the one person that he let go. You know, I would have been. Yeah. That must be bizarre, victim. though. You're sitting there, and he's like, "So t- tell me about yourself," and then. Y- you have a moment where it almost is normal, I guess. I guess is I don't know if that's the right it, thing to it, say. It is, it is so bizarre, and I think that that lends to this idea that I had for for a while of just denying that he was going to kill me because mm. he wasn't one of those sadistic. I mean, he did kidnap me, he did assault me, but he wasn't hurting me, and he wasn't being evil in those ways, mm. right? So it was which was how he was able to fly under the radar. It's how no one ever suspected him of the previous crimes that he committed. Wow. You've done such an amazing job to be able to share with people and, you know, help people that are still going through, you know, um, PTSD Mm. by sharing your story. Yeah. I have always known from pretty immediately after I escaped that this was something bad that happened to me, but that I would use it one day to help other people. And I wasn't sure how or why or what that would look like. And it's really just becoming this beautiful thing that I'm able to just help educate people and help inspire people and and maybe help guide people in their process as well. Uh, Now, thank you very much, Cara, because there's nothing, you've lived this experience and you're very open about it. So there's nothing that people can offend you with here. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 131060 is our number. If you met Kara and you knew her story, what would you ask her? Now, Kara, can you um, tell us, it was back in 2002 and you were 15 years of age and you are at a friend's house, was that correct? Yeah, what, my best friend, I was at her house. It was summertime and we were getting ready to go out for the day and I was watering the flowers for her mom before we left. And so and then a man, hmm. a man approached me. Um, he pulled into the driveway and offered to give me some magazines for my parents. And uh, when he stepped in to hand them to me, that's when he put a gun to the side of my neck. Wow. Right. Wow. And it's at 15 as well, you know, 
a lot of people would say, ah, oh, a 15-year-old would know not to engage with someone. But I'm, I'm assuming from your perspective, you were just minding your own business. You thought, oh, here's someone just offering me magazines. It, then the gun comes out. All the control is gone then. Right. And he maintained a respectable distance from me. There was never a red flag. He wasn't in my personal space or anything like that. And when he entered my personal space, it was to hand me those magazines. And so I did not see the gun. I just felt it up against my neck. Wow. Now, he kept you captive for 18 hours. That must have... I can't even imagine what that feeling is like. It was only afterwards that you found out that he was a serial killer. What? How did that affect you? You know, it took me... I think it took me a while to really process what that meant because while he held me captive, he told me that he was going to release me Mm. when he was, quote, done with me. And then it was my choice if I went to law enforcement. Mm. But... I thought for a while that maybe I would have been let go, but I didn't really want to wait on him to do that. So it took a few years to realize, and I'm still processing in many, many ways mm. what it means to be the survivor of a serial killer. How, how did you escape? I escaped when he was asleep. He was asleep in the bed next to me. I was restrained to the bed. I had handcuffs on my wrist that were tied to the headboard of the bed and a restraint on one of my legs. And I was able to get my teeth up to the clamp that was holding the handcuffs to the bed. And I had to unscrew that with my teeth and slid my hand, the handcuffs out of the rest of the clamp and then disconnected the restraint on my leg and lit out of the bed while he was still asleep and went to the front door and had to move some stuff out of the way and throw the door open and run as quickly as I could mm. and found some a car that took me to, to law enforcement. Had you been reported as a missing person by that stage? I had been reported as a missing person, but usually whenever teenagers run away, they initially are listed as a runaway. So I was listed as a runaway, and the neighbor actually saw me get into the car with this man, but I wasn't kicking or screaming or fighting. He had his armor on my neck, and the way that he was holding the gun, it you could not see it. So I was reported um, by my parents, obviously, and my friend as a missing person, but law enforcement treated it like a runaway case initially. They say to when people go through a trauma like this that they relive it in your mind, can you still, you know, like smell what his house smelt like? Remember what he, he, like when he grabbed you, that feeling, like do all of those senses still stick with you today? I have found that the way my memory works primarily, it's in a series of snapshots. So I have snapshots of different parts of my traumatic event and my kidnapping where I can see those things in vivid detail. There are a few things, um, for instance, he was smoking cigarettes in the car. And so that particular brand of cigarettes kind of, I I can smell it still. Um, But for the most part, it's those snapshot memories that I really can picture and I can see them in vivid detail. He, He was caught, obviously. He actually went on the run for a couple of days before Police were able to locate him, and there was a short police chase. And 
they blew out his tires mm-hmm. of his car, and uh, he actually ended up shooting himself at the, the end of that chase. So wow. he committed suicide about two days after I escaped. Wow. Here's, I'm going to kick off the the weird questions then. 131060 with yeah. Do You Mind If I Ask Here, if you'd like to ask Cara something, um, jump on the phone right now. Did you feel better that he had died in that car chase or would you have preferred that he went to jail? I think that's such a complex answer for me because initially I was I was very, very angry because I wanted him to sit across from me in a courtroom and know that choosing me was the biggest mistake that he made. But as time has gone on, I've realized that it's better. I never have to worry about him getting out of jail. I never have to think about him. I didn't have to go through a trial. But it's also very sad because I know that he... I know in my gut that he had other victims that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. And we will never be able to find out because he's gone. Well, let's open these phones, 131060. Cara Chamberlain, um, you're a very brave woman. Thank you so much for joining us. When we come back, um, people are going to jump on the phone with you and ask anything. If they met you, um, what's the first question that is coming to mind uh, for you to ask Cara about her story? Do you mind if I ask? We'll do it after the Black Eyed Peas.